Welcome back to our podcast for our family and friends. Hello, everybody. So, I was just telling Yona when we finished when we finished um, getting close to the end of Shabbos, about to make Havdalah, we put the kids to sleep, and I said, you know, Shabbos here is like actually part of our life, different than an interruption to the life that we have to deal with. Like, um, you know, in New York, when we were when we have this weekend, like Friday afternoon, we're rushing like crazy. We had to leave work early. It's almost like you have to apologize every every day to your boss and to your job and to like whatever you're doing that you have a problem now. Like it's your problem that you have this sundown issue and all that. And here it's like the opposite. Everyone in the world is getting ready for Shabbos. Everyone in your world and you're in the stores and in the school and in work is getting ready for Shabbos on Fridays, shopping and, and everything like that. And then like the the flip side of it also is that Motzei Shabbat is like that's it tomorrow is school like we got to go work tomorrow everybody go to bed and Motzei Shabbat is not this like big party time I mean obviously we're not big partiers with three little kids but you know what I mean it's like we got to clean up we got to get get on with the week so Shabbat is really part of your life instead of an interruption that's what I was thinking about and we have a couple stories to tell you the first story just happened this afternoon, Shabbat afternoon. We were invited to a couple that made Aliyah a few years ago. And first of all, like the English-speaking community where we live has 100% embraced us and welcomed us. And we've been out for meals and they bring, bring us things that we need and are always like helping us with information. Anyway, so we're going to their house. We got the address. You know, we looked it up Google Maps to know how to walk there. And we got to their address. We went up the fourth floor. And we knock and knock and knock on the door. And nobody's answering. And we don't know. Is this really their house? Because they don't even have a sign on the door. And we feel a little awkward. Like, are they still in shul? Are they coming? Okay, so we're just going to wait for them. And as we're knocking, knocking, the neighbors come out. And they are saying, like, is everything okay? What's going on here? So the neighbors was this big Israeli family with guests, with a grandmother who had her daughter over, who had her daughter over with their little kids. So it was like a four-generation family with, you know, lots of kids all over and lots of adults, a big, beautiful table. And, like, when they saw that we were standing outside, we told them, uh, we're waiting for our hosts. They're like, what do you mean? You can't wait in the stairwell. You have to come in. Come into the AC. Come get a drink. Come in, come in. So we come in, like, so super nice. Thank you so much, because it was very hot. And then they're like, uh, drink water, drink water. And Yona's, like, not taking the water. So they say, oh, oh, make you dish, make you dish. <laughs> so they bring a cup of grape juice, and we make kiddush, and they're giving us cake, and they're giving us snacks and candies and fruits, and it's, like, just the sweetest people. I, like, we have no idea who they are. They have no idea who we are. And it was a little awkward because we're, like, waiting for a host. But anyway, they were so nice to us. Turns out, exactly, then it turns out my, uh, <coughs> the the mom of the little kids, like the granddaughter, she's like, wait, did I see you at my own? Is your daughter and my daughter in the same class? And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're meeting. We're talking about the teacher. So, yeah, it was really cute. We made new friends. And then our hosts came about 10 minutes later, and we went and ate a beautiful meal with them. But that's just kind of like 
so nice about what's going on here for us. We really feel very, very warm and embraced. How do you feel? I feel very warm and embraced, too. It's very nice over here. Like, what experiences have you had in shul or with the men's WhatsApp group? <laughs> oh, I keep asking them questions and I get answers immediately. Yeah, like we were saying, there's like a woman's WhatsApp group for the English speakers. And, you know, over there we're going on and on, recipes and this one and my kid that and the, that that's always like, you know, schmoozing type. Very, very informative, but also very schmoozy. And in the men's WhatsApp group, so I hear it's like question, somebody answers, that's it. Now you don't like talk for the next 48 hours. Someone has a question, somebody else answers, and that's it. So we're laughing about the differences. But yeah, like the other, the first Shabbos we were here, we're like, oh, uh, we bought a blech, but we totally forgot to get a Shabbos clock. So I posted Shabbos it timer. on the what's and it, it was it was like an hour before Shabbos. So <laughs> as we said before, the stores were closed. So uh, I posted on the WhatsApp, and within 15 minutes, someone says, "I have an extra timer. Want it?" Perfect. So that we were we had a timer. Yeah. So, yeah, those are our stories of, like, uh, how we're doing socially. I think, we'd, I think we're doing pretty well. We're very grateful for all the nice people around here. So now, I'm going to pass you over to our uh, resident halacha expert. And he's going to tell you some interesting things that we've been learning. Because that's the name of this podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, um... So I started learning about the medical system. I am shadowing one of the doctors in the clinic, of which I am planned, purportedly planned to be working at um, within the next two, three weeks. And I'm learning some interesting medical Hebrew word. Of course, my all-time favorite is the word tarbit. What is a tarbit? So interesting. The word tarbit sounds like tarbut. You know what a tarbit is? It's a culture. You so, know. when when Yona told me about this, he's like, "Do you know what tarbut is?" And I was like, "Yeah, like like culture, like music and pop culture, and going, you know, movies, going it's out a to culture. museums. It's a culture. Like if you're growing bacteria <laughs> on an agar plate, that's the tarbit. Yeah, like, you no, know, the and, other and, kind of culture. And in in plural, it's tarbiot. There are funny. lots of cultures that you are examining. Yeah. So that was a that was a cute um, translation story, and those keep popping up like funny ways of saying things. And um, if a person had a scan and everything's right, it says, you know, you say Shapir. The only time I've really, Shapir is Aramaic in the Gemara, you know, in the, the Gemara saying it, it makes sense. It uses the word Shapir. And I haven't really seen the word Shapir in uh, modern Hebrew, but when you're looking at x-rays and scans, if everything's good, it says Shapir. That's so cool. So <clears throat> I've got another story for you guys. We had somebody over, and she brings us the most delicious fruits and grapes and pomegranates and plums and you name it. And she said she bought it from the shuk in the city from an Arab person. So, I just have to say that meanwhile, I am like exuberantly, excitingly eating these fresh figs and they're so delicious and cutting up like a star fruit and plums. This was on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And Yana keeps, like, trying to, like, you know, nudge me or, like, wait, like, one minute. And I'm, like, not catching his hints at all because he was, like, trying to ask her, wait a minute, you got this at the shuk? Like, who sold it to you? And I totally went over my head. Meanwhile, I'm munching on these fruit. But, yeah, what were you trying to say? So, (laughs) 
I was trying to find out if she took trumot in Masrot. Because in Israel, you can't just eat any fruit. In the United States or anywhere in Khosaros, you could buy any fruit and vegetable, at least that's whole, and eat it without any kosherous issue. But in Israel, they must be kosher because trumot and Masrot must be taken. It also can't be orla. That's another story. So, I asked, does she take Trumot and Masrot? And she seemed to know a little bit, but not all of them. So, of course, we had a very interesting discussion for the rest of the Shabbos, where we all learnt the halachot of Trumot and Masrot together. So, <clears throat> in brief, if you buy some food, most stores like Supersol and all of those in Israel have a hechsher, which means that the food is kosher, which means somebody already took care of this. So you can buy the food and eat it right away. But if there is no hechsher, if you get it from like a market and you know some Arab guy is selling it to you and there's no tudat hechsher, then... Or, sh- or even a Jewish person who didn't do it. Like you need a hechsher. It could have come from his like family farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to take trumot and masra. So in brief, a bunch of them you have to take. The first one is truma. That is a little bit. In the times of the Gemara, it was between a 40th and a 60th, but not... But now you just take a, a tiny speck. That's truma. It, it should go to a kohen, but kohen has to be tahor, and no one's tahor, so it, you throw it in the bag. You put it in the bag and you throw it in the garbage. Then once you take the truma, you take maaser, which is one tenth. That is maaser rishon. It belongs to the levy. However, in most cases, you know, although you are supposed to give it to a levy, you are allowed to eat it yourself. And in the case of a shuk where it's not that you know that it's it's tevel, you know, you're not sure if anyone took it, then it's up to the it's actually the, up to the levy to prove that no one actually took trumot and maaser. Otherwise, you can actually eat it. Then that maaser that you took for the levy, one tenth of that has the same status of, of as truma that you have to give to a kohen. Kohen has to eat it when he's tahor because um, we can't do that. You put it in the bag and you throw it in the garbage. Then, once you've taken your truma and your tenth of maaser and a tenth of that, then you take another tenth. What do you do with that tenth? Well, it depends on the year. On year three and six of the Shemitah cycle, it's maaser ani, where you give it to poor people, or you can give its monetary value to poor people. Um, different ways to do that. Um, the way we did it was I gave it to one of the rabbis in the community who donates it to poor people on your behalf. Wait, and that counts. you didn't give them, like... A speck of a grape and a piece of a plum. Yeah, I gave them. I, you I transferred gave, like the I worth gave, of it. Yes, I I gave um, fifty shekels to Rabbi Eliezer Hakarmi, and he will donate it to poor people on your behalf for the purpose of Maserani. I mean, there, there's a little more of it. It's kind of like a loan which gets paid back slowly. A lot of technicalities, but basically that's how we took care of that. So that's in years three, six, and on other years, this second tenth is called Maaser Sheni. So you, what you can do with it is either go to Yerushalayim and eat them in Yerushalayim, but you have to be Tahor for that. Or you can redeem it on a coin, on coins and, and spend the money in Yerushalayim to buy um, food products, but also those have to be eaten when you're Tahor, so we can't do that. So basically what you do is you redeem it on a coin. And because we're not eating it nowadays, you know, there are halachic leniencies. You can have lots and lots of them, and you redeem it on a coin as the worth of one pruta. Um, a pruta is like, you know, 30 cents or something like that. 
and you can keep doing that on a coin for the amount of frutas it's worth. So you can do, you can, you know, you keep like a 10 shekel piece, you, you know, that you're like hidden away somewhere that only you know where it is. Um, and 30 times you can redeem your Maaseh Sheni on the 10 shekel piece. And then when that's done, different opinions, the, what, what I was told was once you've done 30 or so redemptions on that coin, you then take two, three tablespoons of sugar, redeem the, redeem the Kedusha of the coin onto the sugar, and then throw the sugar into the wind. Um, again, lots of different reasons for that, lots of different opinions, but that is a pretty mainstream accepted opinion. And there you go, you have Truma, Maaser, and a tenth of that, and either Maaser, Ani, or Maaser, Shani, depending on the year, and most Israeli Sidurim actually have a very concise formulary where if you you break off a little more than one hundredth, you say the whole formulary and everything is done for you. Um, so I think I just said way too much, but that is very interesting stuff. Yeah, and most people, because of this whole entire brief spiel that you just gave us, will just opt to always buy their fruit and produce at national chains like Rami Levy or Oshirad or Machsane Mazon. But like, a lot of Israelis, um, like we were at someone's house and they were talking about, oh, we moved. We have to get the Maser Shani coin. <laughs> that was Bef- so funny. Because, you're not, because unless you redeem it on sugar or anything like that, you're not allowed to benefit from the coin ever. Um, the Gemara says you're supposed to throw it into the, into the Dead Sea. But you can also do the sugar trick, according to many. <laughs> it's so complicated. Well, there you go. <laughs> For further details, please refer to the OU website or the back of the Kitsir Shulchan Aruch. Thank you very much for that explanation. And, we, you know, our guest really appreciated the whole explanation because, you know, it's just not something that you would learn otherwise unless you are, you know, in this situation of having to use these fruit. Now what do you do? So then after Shabbos, because you can't, after Yom Tov, then Yona sat with me and did all the Truman and Masrot, because apparently you can't do it on Yom Tov, so this is another thing you got to do ahead of time, right before Shabbos and Yom Tov? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. So we have one more story for you. All right. So here we go with our uh, Rosh Hashanah. Fashla. Okay, that's a word you have to learn, everybody. A fashla is like, oh my gosh, I made such a big mistake. I was so embarrassed. It's like, I just wanted to be buried into the ground or like, whoops, mistake. Like anywhere on that spectrum from like, oops, to OMG, this is horrible. Anyway, it's called a fashla. So the fashla that we made was that we made a mistake with our new refrigerator. We got this refrigerator a month ago and we read all the settings and even our refrigerator manual came with an extra paper that was a hechsher. It was like a, a little paper saying, this refrigerator has a Shabbos mode, and this is how you use it. And it was like signed by all these, like, like with hashkacha. Like, I thought that was very interesting. But anyway, what you do with our refrigerator to put it into Shabbos mode is you take out this magnet from the door, and you have to set the little uh, electronic display, like a little LED on the front, with the Shabbos mode button. So these two things need to happen in order for the refrigerator not to turn on the lights when you open it, but also it has this extra function that if the door is kept open for too long, it starts beeping and the light starts flashing to tell you close the fridge. So in order to disable these two functions, you do the Shabbos mode setting. 
And we did that on Friday afternoon. We had a beautiful Shabbos. And then Motzei Shabbat, we're ready to turn it back on. But the next day, Sunday night, was Rosh Hashanah. So in order for us to, like, we're so smart, you know, let's not do it so that we won't forget. Like it's already said, and tomorrow night is already Yom Tov, so let's just leave it in the Shabbos mode. Little did we know that our refrigerator has an additional, like, self-preservation mode that after three days, like 72 hours, it says, Adkan, no more. I would like to go back to my sensor beeping mode because your fridge is not protected quote-unquote from like you know leaving the door open all this time so it lets you be in the Shabbos mode but only up to three days and after three days it starts beeping incessantly like this beep 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 (laughs) and you can just imagine that that happened to us on this like um at the end of the first day of Yom Tov so we had a whole entire like next night and then next day where our refrigerator was beep, beep, beeping. And also, we couldn't open it because it was saying, like, I'm just going to not be in Shabbos mode anymore. So the light went on. And we were, like, just about getting ready to light candles for the second Yom of Rosh Hashanah. And we had all of our fruit, food in the fridge. And the next day, we were hosting this person, and we had all our food in the fridge. Plus, we had this beeping going on. So I was, like pretty overwhelmed (laughs) what are we doing what did we do wrong like what's happening we're still trying to figure the whole thing out (sighs) so i went to my neighbor our favorite neighbor they're the nicest people i know we keep talking about them they're just so special they like the first week we were here did we talk about this on the first week i don't remember but anyway the first week we were here they came with like cold water and food and like everything that we needed they just kept coming popping in to help us with everything and then like people from the whatsapp group the community brought us food the first week like dinner and then we would finish it and there would be leftovers and they'd be like come put it in our fridge and later on we'd want it back and they said well let me heat it up for you and then they bring it in like their pots anyway they're just amazing super super sweet people and uh they have kids the exact ages of our kids which is really cute so I went over to her and I was like, I don't know what to do. Can you like tell me what's going on? And so she says, oh, I know exactly what happened here. And she explained it to me. And then she said, but now you need to come to us for your Yonto meal. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, uh, thank you. Okay. So from one minute's uh, notice, she set up an entire beautiful meal for us. And mind you, this is like the Simanim and extra, like a whole beautiful Yom Tov meal, not just like any other day. You know, big deal. <laughs> and it was such a pleasure that we got to spend so much time with them because like they've been helping us and we've been so appreciative, but we never really got to actually like schmooze. So we had all this time, got to know them, they got to know us. The mother asked, um, do you think that Israelis have an accent? <laughs> oh yeah, so this was fun. We had an entire... Uh, a conversation about accents and about linguistics and about phonemes and vowels and I was so excited because I'm the linguistics major so, <laughs> so that was really fun and then um, we talked about like what do you do and what what are your professions and what are you learning and it was like very interesting for me to try and talk about what we do in Hebrew and like get some of that um, vocabulary yes they're very Israeli <laughs> 
And um, I just thought, one, well, I'll tell you one interesting word that I thought was great is I'm an audiologist, for those of you who don't know. And uh, the cochlea in Hebrew is called a shablul. And shablul is the Hebrew word for snail, which is the shape of the cochlea. So that's another cute little thing. Okay, so, oh, and also, we ended up having all these interesting simanim that we've never experienced, that um, they are, the, the woman, she's Tunisian, and her mother and her prepare for weeks and weeks, for days and days, I should say, all these special Tunisian simanim that I've never heard of before, that was like um, candied garlic, because the... Arabic word for garlic is tum, which sounds like itamu evenu, just like the tamar. So that was cute. And like the leaves of the beet, I, I they have a name I don't remember in English either. Selic, I think. Right, selic is the like the beet root, but the leaves, beet leaf. I don't know. There must be a name for this, and everyone's laughing at us now. But anyway, they take those and then they like fry them in caramel. So it's like a crunchy, candied. Leaf. It was just fascinating. It was, it was delicious. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> oh, the chalas were also like doused in honey and like sweet. Yeah, very sweet chalas. And um, sesame, sesame, like a sesame bar. Like a, kind of like a granola bar, except not granola. Just the whole thing is sesame and sugar and delicious. Like such a crunchy and yummy candy. And so these are all like traditional uh, Tunisian Simanim, and so then I called my grandmother after Yom Tov, who is Tunisian, and I told her, "You won't believe what I ate. I ate this. I ate this." And she's telling me all the names of what I had, because it's my father's mother, so it's not anything I had, you know, growing up. It was very, very cool. And oh, the most delicious one of all was these little latkes that weren't with potatoes; they were made out of leek. So they were like they were leek latkes, levivot. <laughs> loof and they were so delicious so then yeah then we had like a great meal after that but it was like we, we weren't you know they weren't even expecting us and here we were having this amazing thing just because of our fridge and so we went to sleep with her beep fri- with with our fridge beeping and it was only the next morning when it dawned on us that maybe we can ask a guy to help us but it didn't even occur to me because like we're in israel now right that's it no more going <laughs> but our neighbor came over and she said, you know, I was thinking about it. <laughs> and there is a guy who lives in her building that is a, she's the uh, health aide of an elderly woman By in the her way, building. D- um, a lot of Israelis have um, Filipino uh, home health aides. You know what they call them? Ovedet Zara. That's what they call the, uh, the uh, non-Jewish Filipino a- a- home aides. Ovedet Zara. So we had this woman <clears throat> over and she opened the fridge and we took all the food out and put it on the black and like, okay, good, we can have a meal and I'm taking everything, like, you know, even the salad dressing and even this and even that, like, one time we're opening the fridge and only much later on did we think, like, we could have also probably explained to her how to take it out of the Shabbos mode, but I was just so frantic, like, to get the food out so we could stay. It was pretty funny. So that was our uh, Rosh Hashanah stories and I hope you enjoy our rambling but it's nice. It's nice when we experience something that's really novel and different to be able to share what we learn and what's interesting for us. Any last words? Have a Yeah, And just so you know, we really love your comments. 
So if you have anything to say about any of the stuff we talked about, please send us a message and tell us what was interesting for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.